I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to be talking about should you be getting into YouTube as a profession? Joining me today is Max Miller. He is the host of Tasting History on YouTube. Welcome to the show, Max. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, I think I want to start off with I have done a couple of episodes on during the pandemic, a lot of people have had to reevaluate their life choices. Maybe they were forced out of work. Maybe they had to stay at work during the pandemic and it kind of freaked them out. Maybe they were sent home and hated working from home. So a lot of people just had to make a lot of decisions about whether they wanted to stay in their chosen career or not, or it's a good time to go back to school, do something else. What happened in your case? So I was I was sent home. Uh, I worked at Walt Disney Studios in distribution, selling our movies to to movie theaters, and I was sent home. I think pretty much the same time everyone was. What was that? Seventh, eighth, ninth of March or something like that. Well, I had started tasting history the week before. <laughs> no, uh, I had put my first episode up a week before. <clears throat> and so when I, when I was sent home, it was kind of like, well, gosh, now, now what do I do? Um, and I never imagined that it would be really a way to make money as much as a way to keep my mind occupied and keep me from getting depressed, um, from being furloughed from really what was a dream job. I absolutely loved working there. So it was, it was really hard to be sent home. And, um, and it did give me a lot of time to to focus on the channel. Otherwise, I would just sit in front of the TV watching BBC dramas all day. <laughs> and my fiance was still working. Um, he works here at, uh, or he also works at Disney. And so he was still working because he worked on Disney Plus. So oh. they were just ramping up. Um, okay. So I had to stay out of his hair all day. <laughs> and uh, so I just threw myself into into tasting history. And like I said, it was really just a hobby until uh, a few months in when I started to get enough viewers that it, it actually started making some money. Well, I think everybody would love to be like, now, how do I do that? <laughs> so how was it yeah. that you acquired? Well, first of all, I guess on YouTube, does money just automatically come at you once you reach a certain threshold of viewers? Or do the viewers go, oh, we like what you're doing here. We'll just give you money. I mean, how, how does this revenue stream work? <laughs> <laughs> so so there are multiple ways to make money with YouTube. The first way that I made money really was through a Patreon because you have to get many, many viewers on YouTube to really make an adequate amount of money. So Patreon is a great way to start off because you get those people who are really invested in, in helping you grow as a creator who are willing to donate 
one, two, three dollars, twenty dollars a month to to help you grow and and just support the channel. When it comes to actually YouTube paying you though, to even be eligible to make money, there are two things that you have to do. You have to have a, a thousand subscribers mm-hmm. and uh, four thousand hours of watch time. Wow. So people have needed to sit there and watch 4,000 hours of you. So, uh, you know, what is that? Almost a quarter million minutes, I believe that is. I'm not, I'm not very good so, at that. So do you, um, do you ask your 1,000 people that paid you on, or your subscribers on Patreon, did you say, hey, go watch the video four times <laughs> over so I can get 4,000 views? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, well, so it kind of goes the other way. I didn't have 1,000 Patreon patrons, obviously, because, you know, it's it, the Patreon patrons came from viewers on YouTube. So YouTube had, I, I had more than a thousand subscribers before I even was able to start a Patreon really. But, you know, those early days, you don't make any money. Even if you hit that thousand subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time, you know, depending on the channel, depending on your on what kind of content you're creating and who your audience is, you can make as little as 30 cents for every thousand views. Wow. Um, Yeah. So it can be very, very low. Now, if you have a finance channel, you can make 40 or $50 for every thousand views. So it really runs the gamut of how much money you can make. Obviously finance channels are going to make more and, um, you know, tech channels and things like that, because the advertisers, the way that you're getting paid is YouTube is selling your channel to advertisers. And so those advertisers then deem how much they're willing to spend on your Uh, channel. So you started your channel after a few months, you had well over a thousand subscribers and the powers that be at YouTube went, oh, hey, there's this little channel over here. It's starting to make some noise. We have the right to sell it to advert or have advertisers buy time on it. Or do you, do you get any choice in the matter? No, um, not really. I mean, y- yes, you can. <clears throat> you get a choice in the matter of whether or not you want to make money. But YouTube is going to put ads in your videos regardless of whether you are eligible to make money or if you want to make money, you know, to a certain degree. Um, so it's like, no, I want to participate in this and get <laughs> and part, get part of the revenue, of course. Now, when you say the powers that be, there is no human doing any of this. It is all done by the algorithm. Um, <sighs> the algorithm is what takes your video and puts it out to people. It deems who gets to see your video. It deems all of that. And it deems what kind of advertisers are coming in because what's happening is you know if let's say i don't know target wants to put an ad on one of my videos target is not putting an ad on one of my videos target is saying hey we want to put an ad on videos that have viewers in america between the ages of 25 and 45 we want females and males across the board and, you know, and of this kind of income range. If my channel matches those, then they come to me. They never even know that they're on my channel. You know, they're dealing with such a massive volume. There are millions of channels on YouTube. So there, there is no person actually doing this. Um, it's all done by the algorithm. Okay. 
which I guess is more equitable across the board. However, I distrust mechanics and IT and <laughs> that sort yeah. Well, the frustrating thing is, and uh, the frustrating thing is, you don't know what the algorithm wants. And you can fall into this trap of trying to please the algorithm. <laughs> and you can't please the algorithm because, one, the algorithm is always changing. And there are so many variables that you cannot, you can't account for them all. There are, you know, very few people who even know everything that's in the algorithm. Even the people who are working on it don't know all of the moving parts because the algorithm will learn its own things and change itself. So it's uh, it's so complex. You just kind of have to go with the flow. And, and that's why pleasing the algorithm, it should never be the goal. It should be making the best videos, making things that want, that people want to watch and they want to watch for a long time. YouTube's purpose, like Google and YouTube's purpose is to make money. And so the way they do that is to sell ads. And the way they sell ads is having people watch videos for longer periods of time. You only, as a creator, you only have control over one thing and it's getting people to watch things for a longer period of time. Okay. We do need to take a break. When we come back, I want to go back to, you just mentioned making a really good product. So how does one go about that? We'll talk more about that when we come back with Max Miller. He is the host of Tasting History. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that affects your life in any way, money-wise. We're talking about it. And today we're talking about maybe you want to start a career as a YouTube channel host. So joining me today is Max Miller. He is the host of Tasting History on YouTube. And in that first segment, Max, we talked a little bit about how YouTube gets advertisers, which is how you get money. Personally, if I have a channel, I'm going to get paid only if the advertisers go, ooh, okay, we'll we'll put some money into there. But because you have a background with Disney, I'm assuming there's some marketing skills involved with that. So you already yep. had an idea of what is going to appeal to viewers, like how the how well a product should be made or what type of thing should be in it. But here's little old me. I am going to start my YouTube channel on watching my cat sleep. That's all they do. They put their really cute positions when they sleep, and that is going to be my channel, and I'll put out a, a video every day. So, you know, the more videos, the more views I get, right? So how soon can I expect some money rolling in? <laughs> well, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, and some of it you have control over, and much of it you don't. For someone starting out, I would say that a video day, a video a day is is going to to crush you very, very quickly. Uh, you know, it's putting together videos. Granted, mine take longer than most, but putting together videos takes 
10 times as much time as you think it will. Um, and so a lot of YouTube creators start off putting out a lot of content and they burn out very, very quickly. The, the one thing that you have control over is the content and the quality. And those two things are the most important things to, to, to deal with. So when it comes to the content, there are lots of people out there who like cats. Um, so you then need to figure out what makes your videos special. There are a lot of cat videos out there. What makes your videos special? Is it you? Because it's almost always you. It's something that you bring to the table, or in this case, maybe your cat brings to the table. But it needs to be, you either need to be, uh, what is it they say? You need to be first, the best, or different. You're never going to be the first anymore. Everything's already been done. Being the best is very, very difficult. So you have to be different. And that's kind of what my show is. It's, it's different. Uh, it's a cooking show, but very, very different from most. But it's, it's being able to create something that people want to watch all the way through. And that means a story a beginning, a middle, and an end. Even if it's a picture of your, or videos of your cat sleeping, you have to tell a story. And that's what I learned at Disney was, was storytelling and, and getting that through editing. Uh, you know, any, if there's any point in the video where someone might be a little bit bored, that shouldn't be in the video. It needs to be cut out. Uh, edit, 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 make them as tight as possible. When it comes to the actual quality, don't go spending a lot of money. Uh, you know, a lot of people think that it costs a lot of money to create these these videos, and they do at this point. Now I do spend quite a bit, but at the beginning, I got a camera, you know, a $500 camera, but you can use your phone. If you have an iPhone or a good Galaxy, you know, you can use that. And then good sound quality, get a decent microphone. You can get a decent microphone for $20. I'm but, guessing oh. hand holding my iPhone camera and I have shaky hands and the lens is maybe a little foggy. That's going to be a great video to post, right? <laughs> I would get a tripod. The most important thing to do at the beginning is watch other YouTube videos. Watch other videos that are doing well and that you enjoy, and then dissect them and find out, why am I enjoying this? Is it because of the video quality? Is it because of the storytelling? Is it because of the personality? I mean, that is one very important thing. You have to have the personality for it. Now, everybody, there are lots of different personality types that work on YouTube. It's not that you need to be you know, an actor or anything like that, but you can't be timid. You can't be you know, shy. You You've got to be confident. And that brings me to the very most important thing is you have to be passionate about what you are putting out. One, people can tell. If you are putting out videos because you think that they are what people want to watch, but they're not what you are interested in, people are going to be able to tell. And you'll wear out very, very quickly. Every video that I put out, I am genuinely interested in the topic that I'm talking about. And sometimes people will say, hey, do a video on this subject and I'll read about the subject for 15 or 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh, well, it's not that interesting to me. And even though somebody might want to watch it, I'm not going to be the one to put that video out because I'm going to have to spend 40 hours researching it. <laughs> right. 
I'm not going to do that if I'm not passionate about the topic. So you have to put videos out that you are passionate about. I started out in broadcasting as a traffic reporter. And the first thing I learned was if I didn't know what I was talking about, like what road I'm talking about where this crash is, even if I say coordinates, but I don't really know where those coordinates are, nobody else is going to understand what I just said either. This kind of, I think, goes to that same point. Yeah, you have to be the expert in your field. Now, even if like I am not an expert. I wouldn't say that I'm an expert, but I know what I'm talking about. I present it with confidence and that's what people respond to. Even when I'm very honest and say, boy, I sure don't know what I'm talking about. I'm upfront about it. I know that, you know, I don't know how to cook this. I don't know how this recipe would have tasted in the, you know, but you have to even do that with confidence. Um, if you are nervous, if you are unsure, the viewer will catch that and they will feel nervous and they will feel unsure and they don't want that feeling. And so they're going to click out of the video very quickly. For me, I try to infuse a lot of humor in my show, which I know mm -hmm. it may not be appropriate for every subject that somebody delivers. But you also have a lot of humor in yours, which I don't think we really said you combine cooking with history and there was one show that you did about hummus and this is what you had to say about chickpeas they were often seen as an aphrodisiac while at the same time caused bloating and flatulence which kind of seem at odds with each other i found that hysterical i mean not only did you have to research why this ancient civilization loved eating hummus so much or chickpeas but you also found out that it causes flatulence and really those two go together yeah. <laughs> right well and that really comes back to the fact that what makes a youtube channel special you know a lot of people cover the same topic but the videos are very different because you bring something to the video it's called youtube after all and with my stuff. I'm covering a lot of the same history that other uh, channels cover. I'm covering a lot of the same foods. But if Martha Stewart covered hummus and I cover hummus, we're going to do it in very, very <laughs> different ways because I inject my own thoughts on the process, on the history, you know, and, and it's those little asides that make it different from another channel. And it's also history can be very dull if taught in a certain way yeah but there you know there is plenty of interesting and funny stuff in history as well and it so often doesn't get taught because it's not the the crux of of whatever topic you might be learning about in a in a regular history class those are what i gravitate to those little weird historical tidbits and everything and those are in absolutely every walk of life it's not just history it's not just food if you're doing, you know, whatever kind of topic you want to cover, there is humor in it. There is levity in it. It doesn't need to be jokes. It just right. needs to be your take on things. And that's what makes it special. Right. Because I think also humor helps to relax people about whatever subject it is, because history and money can be intimidating to people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so if you just keep that serious thing on, it just stays intimidating. But if you try to make it a little bit more lighthearted and fun, people go, oh, well, that, 
that's not going to hurt so much if I learn these lessons. Right. Okay, we need to take one more break. When we come back, I do want to cover what are these Patreon things and people and how do I get one? So we'll be right back with Max Miller. He is the host of Tasting History on YouTube. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today we are talking about can you make a living as a YouTube host? And I kind of think my guest today is doing that. His name is Max Miller. He is the host of Tasting History on YouTube. And you had said in the first segment that once you had a certain amount of subscribers on YouTube, then you could start moving into getting Patreons. Now, I I understand what a patron is, somebody who, you know, gives you money because they like your product. So I'm guessing Patreon is a take on that term. Yeah. So Patreon, it has nothing. It's not associated with YouTube specifically. There are people on Patreon who create art and do podcasts and all, all sorts of artists in general. And what it is, is it's a site where patrons can come and support you. And and Patreon is just kind of the, that middleman. You know, uh, instead of the Pope and Michelangelo working <laughs> together, they would have gone through Patreon back in the 16th century or 15th century. Now, anyone can sign up for Patreon, but to actually get people to sign up for your Patreon, you have to have a platform. And YouTube was my platform. So when I had a couple thousand subscribers, one of them suggested, you know, go on to to Patreon because, you know, I was on unemployment and, uh, <laughs> you know, just fresh, fresh off of Disney. Um, and so I started the Patreon and people wanted to support the channel and and they still do. And I have a wonderful base of of patrons. And the great thing is, is with YouTube, you can chat in the comments uh, with with people, but it's not a very user-friendly platform when it comes to conversation. Patreon, it's a much tighter-knit group. It's people who, it's the people who are really interested in what you're putting out and you can talk with them. Every month I have a, uh, a live happy hour with many of them. You know, we make a cocktail and talk about the channel and history and food and whatever, and they're all around the world. And it's also a way that I can email with people. People can send me ideas. People, uh, I, I'm, I'm working on a cookbook right now. So I'm, you know, I finish a recipe and I will send it out to them and they'll test it out and send me feedback. So it just creates a community that you don't really get on YouTube. And that's actually been my favorite part about Patreon, aside from obviously creating an income to so that I was able to leave Disney. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a great platform. Okay, I want to talk about that leaving Disney thing. Um, yeah. I'd actually seen a couple of your episodes and was scanning through a couple others to see, okay, what subjects. A, I'm a vegetarian, so I really didn't want to watch your meat stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I saw one that said big announcement or something. I'm like, oh, okay, what's this? And it said you had been recalled to Disney or taken off furlough. And by Mm -hmm. this time, you'd been doing your channel for about a year, I think, if I remember correctly. And you were like, you know, I think I'm making enough money with 
my YouTube channel, you didn't say that. But in my head, I'm going, now, how much coin are you bringing in on YouTube that you can give up, which I'm assuming was a pretty healthy salary at Disney if you were in distribution? I'm thinking six-figure salary here? Uh, not yeah, about. I, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, and six, so money... Money in Southern California in Los Angeles doesn't go as far as some places. I'll tell you that, um, you know, just having a house and, and everything, it's it's very, very expensive. And it turns out running a YouTube channel is very, very expensive. Uh, there are legal things and all sorts of very expensive things. So when they called me back, it was less of a money decision and more of a personal freedom decision. So I loved working at Disney. If I could do both, I probably would have. But the channel, I mean, I, I work on the channel 50 hours, 60 hours a week. I work seven days a week. Uh, it's it's all consuming. And so I wouldn't be able to do that and work for Disney and you know devote enough time to both. It wouldn't be fair to, to one or both of them. My fiance had a still works there and has a you know the secure the we know how much is coming in each week we know that we have health insurance and everything well with youtube it is not consistent it is incredibly inconsistent and there's no telling when it could just evaporate you know many channels last for a couple years and then are gone so is it a long-term plan? I don't know, you know? So that was part of my, I was having to kind of weigh that al along with the security. And I did decide to give up the security and follow this, which I love and be able to be my own boss. And there's a lot to be said about that. If you hadn't have had the security blanket of your fiance, do you think you would have made the same decision? I don't know. I would like to think that I would. I would like to think that I would have because I do love what I'm doing right now and, and everything. Um, but I, you know, some people need security and some people don't. I, I do. I used to be an actor for a very long time. And the reason that I stopped performing was the insecurity of going months without work and, you know, yeah. not having a paycheck and one month you'll make $20,000 and the next three months you'll make zero. So, uh, you know, it's, and, and that's kind of the same thing with YouTube in, in a way. Um, it's, it's a little more consistent, but, but it's highly variable. And so, yeah. I, Can you tell me, are you making half, two thirds, maybe a little over on average with your YouTube income as you were from your pretty much six figure salary from Disney? I have replaced my income. Uh, I have been able to replace my income. It's it's a lot more expensive being self-employed, running a business. So there is there is that you know okay. you you pay a very different amount of taxes and things like that. So we're still it's still fairly new for us, and so we're still kind of trying to figure out. All right, we we can tell like what our per month salary is, but I would be hesitant to even guess what my yearly income is yet okay. because it is so inconsistent. So until I've done it probably for another year, um, 
I won't know. <laughs> and and you're filing your taxes quarterly, right? So I will have to start that next year. Okay. So yeah, we we became a I started as a business, uh, you know, a S corp this year, and so this year I do not have to um, pay quarterly taxes. I'm saving my taxes, but I'm not paying them until next year when we'll have to switch over to quarterly. All right. So what are the top three tips you would give to somebody who is thinking of starting a YouTube channel with the purpose of making that their sole income? Uh, Top three tips is don't count on it happening anytime soon. Don't think that you're just going to flip on your first video and, you know, there it is. Even if a video goes viral, like I had one, it takes a long time to still build that audience. Getting people to watch multiple videos is the trick. So be patient. And then number two, it's it's kind of a, a little bit of both. One is don't put anything out until you have it as good as you can possibly get, while at the same time, don't put that off forever. I gave my, I I worked and made videos that never went up onto YouTube until I could get as good as I kind of wanted to be. However, I also put a date on the calendar and I said, on this date, I am releasing my first video, no matter what it looks like. So it's, it's balancing those two things, you know, work to get as good as you can. But if you if you wait until they're perfect, you'll never put it up because no video is going to ever be perfect. Right. It, it goes to the are you afraid to start the project or are you afraid to succeed at it? Because there are so many right. people who will start a ton of stuff, but maybe they're not as prepared as they should be to have actually started it. But then they sort of start right. and they go, oh, this might be successful. Oh, and then they quit. Or, or realize yeah. it wasn't as good, so they quit. And then you have the, like you were saying, I, I, it has to be perfect before I need to do anything because they're afraid to actually start. Right. And, and it's never going to be perfect. My videos aren't perfect now. But if you're not making them, you'll never get better. The best way to improve is just keep putting out videos. And that is the last bit of advice is be consistent. Don't wear yourself out by putting out too much. But I put out one video every single Tuesday. I have never missed a Tuesday. YouTube, the algorithm, rewards that, the consistency. Your audience rewards that. They expect a video at a certain time every single week. If you tell them that you're going to be there, you need to be there. And it's the only way that you are going to get better. A lot of channels end up deleting their first 50 videos because they get so much better that those early videos, they're like, oh, I don't want anybody seeing these. Um, but, you know, you, you'll never get there if you don't make videos and you just have to keep practicing all aspects, the technical, the storytelling, you being on camera, or if you're not on camera, whatever is on camera, you know, the personality behind it, it you just got to do it to get better at it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Max Miller. You are the host of Tasting History on YouTube. And I do recommend everybody check it out because I I think you're hysterical. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. And then look for my kitties sleeping in coming soon. Yes, I'll watch that. (laughs) All right. Thank you again, Max. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.